0: Hi everybody. This is uh, Madhav here from the Remote Marketing Podcast. Today, I wanted to just talk a little bit about cognitive distortions, all right? Uh, and some of the cognitive distortions we face as yeah, as, as a leader, right? So, just yeah, for reference, for about almost about the last year or so, I've kind of taken therapy to kind of manage my stress at work. And one of my biggest learnings in the leadership role is that your mindset is everything. To be a great leader, you need the right kind of mindset. And just to be clear, I'm not going to tell you today on how to kind of think like a leader. I think plenty of people have already written about that You can research. What I'm going to talk about instead is about reframing your current thoughts and improving your mindset as a leader. And this is kind of based on my own experience for like the last couple of years of being in leadership positions. My role is particularly high stakes. You know, marketing is high stakes. Marketing is directly responsible for new business, right? Due to kind of like a product-led business model. And so if I don't bring in new business, I'm not worth keeping, right? Um, so of course, you know, it's it's very... There are some roles where you can, you know, survive with like more leadership, management work and everything. But, like my work is very specific on outputs. Uh, if I don't have great outputs, there's, there's no point, right? And so every leader is, but, but I guess like every leader has different challenges, but like the magnitude of the responsibility is always high. And every leader is an ambitious person and a perfectionist. That, you know, that's why we're in that position, right? So the, You know, I got introduced to uh, CBT, which is Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. What it basically does, it's kind of like a framework where it has identified some common cognitive distortions um, that, you know, once you're aware about, right, um, or, you know, once you observe, or once you become aware of the fact that you have that cognitive distortion, it's just so powerful because then you start reframing your current thoughts. You know, you start kind of thinking of it in a different way. So I'm going to talk about three very important um, cognitive distortions that I face. Um, let's go kind of take the first one, just black or white thinking. So we're accustomed to believing that everything in life or work is either black or white. And while the fact is 99% of people live in that gray area in between, um, and let's see that in a couple of examples, right? Like, um, a simple example is I'm either a head of marketing or I am not a head of marketing being black. I'm not being white. Um, but you know, there might be a lot of people live in that area where, you know, they're progressing towards their role, you know, as a head of marketing. So they're a senior marketing manager, but they're not as junior to be kind of like the marketing intern right They're they're in that gray area that, that a lot of people are there right um and that's that's the thing you need to remember it's not like you're either ahead of marketing or you're not you might be in the process of becoming ahead of marketing uh, another very very common uh, black or white thinking distortion is are we success are we a successful startup or are we not right now the question is like what's the universal definition of success Really, none. Eighty percent startups live in the gray area, where they're making some money and building a good business, and a lot of them are happy about that. Uh, And I think that's a successful business too, right? Like, what is successful? What is not, right? Like, and that's you know, uh, you know, like that's the thing that people need to remember, right? Like, is success at one million? Is success post product market fit? Is success a hundred million dollar company? I don't know, right? But I think to say that either I'm successful or I'm not successful is a clear example of that. Most of the people are kind of in between that. I, I'd put myself in between that, you know? I'm not not successful, but I'm not even successful. There's just so many things I'm not done right, but there are so many things I've done right. And that, and that's the gray area that you need to remember. I guess the third thing is, um, am I a good manager or, or bad, right? And, and that, this is a common one that I see, you know, that I'm either a good manager or I'm a totally shit manager, right? Which is so true, you know. Uh, sorry, which is not true at all. I mean, um 99% of the people again kind of live in that in the middle, in the in the gray area where there there's a lot to improve as a manager. But they're good in some things and they're bad in some things, right? So that doesn't mean they're a bad manager or that doesn't mean they're a good manager. They're in the process to be a good manager. You know, and that and that's where a lot of people. Are. And so if you kind of rewire thinking like that, that that makes sense. I'll give you two more examples to kind of cap this off. Um which I see very um commonly, you know, in in, in my field. My CEO thinks I'm shit or really good at what I do. Right. And that's the that's the thing. I'll give you a very secret reality about this. Most executives, most leadership executives, most executives lie in the middle of that. They're either in the middle of I'm shit or I'm really, really good, right? Most of these people would be in that where they're like, they're good at some things. There's a lot of improvement that needs to be made in some things. And there are some things they're really bad at that they really need to improve on, right? And that's the... That That's with everybody, right? You're never amazing. You're never shit. You're in, in between. Just so it helps out. And then I guess the, the last example that I have is I either suck at working out or I'm great at working out, right? And the gray area here might be that I might be working out one to two days a week, but I'd want to work out four to five times a week. Does that mean mm-hmm. I either suck or I'm great? Not at all. That's the, the, I think that's the thing that we need to remember that I think majority of the companies, majority of the executives, majority of the humans live in that gray area. I'd even say that everybody lives in a gray area. There is no true black or white. And that's important to remember when you're in a leadership position because you don't label yourself as a failure or success. You're in the gray area, the messy middle which is where most people live which unfortunately isn't talked about much you know people either say oh i'm the successful entrepreneur oh or here's things you know where you know i'm a failed entrepreneur right um but i think there there is success in like oh well i'm a mediocre entrepreneur where i've had some success but it's not been great and that's perfectly okay and that should be celebrated it should be and you should be happy to be in the grey area as well right and i think that would be my kind of parting thought, right? Like, think about the areas in your life where you're kind of labeling things or black or white and just see, you know, is that is that really true or do you fit in the gray area? And if that's something that you resonate with me, definitely um, message me or yeah, just, just tag me on Twitter at the mad Vandari. Anyway, I'll get to the second distortion, which is again, very powerful that I, that I learned was comparison right um have you ever compared yourself with others of course you have um you know you know you've you've compared yourself with somebody maybe based on their looks maybe how successful they're in their career or how good they're academically or um you know i don't know how good they're at their, at their skill all of that, there are lots of examples we i going to talk about but the main problem here is that, again, it's kind of related to black or white, but it's like when you're comparing with people, you, you in your head, it's, it's like either I'm a winner to that person or I'm a loser, right? And that is just so wrong on so many different levels. But let's the best way to do this is just to kind of take some examples, right? So person A, I mean, I'm just not refer to it as person A, person B, so you can kind of understand Person A is so successful as a team leader at such a young age. And look at me, I'm doing the work of an intern. He's a successful VP. I'm not even a VP. He's a winner. I'm a loser. I'm not interested in this rat race to be a team leader anymore. And that's where the issue is, right? When you start comparing yourself and when you don't win, which I really want to kind of avoid using, but I'm just going to say it. So I can explain the point that when you, you know, when, when you're comparing yourself and you, and you say that, you know, you're a, you're a win, you know, you're a, you're a loser. The problem is that you end up losing your uh, interest in that. Right. And, and that, and that, that can be huge. Right. Because that's not, that's not right. Right. Like why are you comparing yourself to the other person? Right. Because in general, my learning has been that the major issue with comparison is that when you compare yourself to others, you never have full information of the circumstances of the other person. Right? Um, perhaps this person worked, you know, 100 hours a day for many, many years, sacrificing weekends, you know, going to therapy to get to that VP position. And that's the thing you need to remember. You, can, you, you don't have full information of the circumstances of the other person. What you do have is full, su- full information of the circumstances of yourself. That's the only thing that you have, right? So that's why the only helpful comparison is when you compare yourself to your previous self. And that's the only helpful comparison. That's the only comparison where you have full information of what got you to where you are right you have absolute you you're the expert in your experience right you have full information what led you there what challenges you felt and when you compare yourself to your previous self you're now trying to one-up yourself that's a good that's a healthy comparison and that's the comparison that you should be doing that's that's where comparison becomes self-improvement right but when you compare yourself to others um it can be very very poisonous right? Um, I'll give you three more examples just to kind of think about from all walks of life and then and, and let you marinate on that a little bit, right? The second example is, oh, you know, Person A plays such amazing drums and he learned it in five years. I've been practicing playing the drums for 10 years. I'm not half as good as him. He won, I lost. Why care about playing drums again, right? Again, this is a very simple example when you're comparing yourself to other person's skill set, right? and you lost your interest in playing drums, and the, the thing is that maybe that person a comes from a family of musicians and has been learning percussion instruments from age five. Like who knows that's the thing. You don't have information about this person. How can you compare yourself to them? You know they may come from an entirely different background and an entirely different skill set, and you're just looking at like the surfacial aspects. A third example. Person A has such an ideal partner. Why can't, and, and while well, I can't even find a partner, you know, uh, he, he's got his life sorted while I'm in a mess. He's a winner. I'm a loser. Why care about finding a partner? Right? Again, a lot of the issues in here, maybe the person's husband, uh, you know, or maybe the person's wife might look perfect on paper, but, you know, her personality might be completely different from what you want out of your partner, right? Um, And I'm just like not trying to kind of I'm just trying to say that this is another information that you might not know. And there could be hundreds of permutations and combinations of this. Um, But the fact is that you just can't compare yourself to the other person. And I guess the fourth example is that, oh, person A makes so much more money than me while I'm hardly able to handle my own expenses. He's so successful in his career while I flopped. He's a winner. I'm a loser. Life is so unfair. Right. Um, now, you know, of course, again, you know, sometimes there's inherited fortune and all of that you can't do much about that. When you compare yourself to them, it's just, it's different. It's there's no need to compare yourself What you should be looking at is um, in, in this context, are you making more money than what you were two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago? Um, same thing with the previous example, right? Um, the partner you're with, is that person in any way, do you have a better relationship with them than your previous partner, right? Or even with the playing drums example, are you better at playing drums than you were a year ago? Or a team leader example that are you at a better position and are you managing more people or are you doing more interesting work versus a year ago or two years ago? Um, that's the thing you need to remember, and I'd say that's kind of like a um as kind of like a parting thought for you, right? The next time you catch yourself comparing yourself with others, remind yourself that the only helpful comparison for self-improvement is you versus what you were. And and I can tell you that I've made this mistake so many times all my life. And it was a transformational mindset improvement for me. Um, because like, for example, now I don't have to worry too much about why the other VP of marketing is so successful, right? Instead, I'm. I just try to unpack the other person's success factors and apply them to my own journey. And the only helpful outcome in that is how I perform versus my previous performance, right? Um, I'll just leave you with that as you kind of think about it. Now, I guess the third cognitive distortion, which is like super powerful for me, was worst case scenario versus best case scenarios thinking, right? Now, I'll admit to a horrible secret about myself. Um, I prepare myself for the worst case scenario in everything, you know? Um, what You know, like, it can be like, oh, well, I'm going to get my passport renewed. Well, someone on the way might just pickpocket my, you know, whatever, my passport, what will I do then? And I prepare for that, you know? Or, oh, I'm traveling and, you know, if I fall sick, you know, I need like a best healthcare insurance. Um, I'll, I'll do that, right? Now, the thing is that while preparing yourself for the worst case scenario can be helpful sometimes, you know, it can help you prepare a little better. Problem is that when you keep thinking about the worst case scenario, but everything, it affects your mental health. Because, you know, then the world comes across as a, Dark and depressing place instead of a world full of possibilities and miracles, um, and I can give you some examples of worst case thinking, worst case scenario thinking. Um, if I don't do this project well, I'll get fired, right? And if you keep thinking like that, you'll always kind of keep thinking that, oh, you know, you know, I'm I'm gonna get fired, I'm gonna get fired. The stress is gonna keep coming up. You won't be able to perform well. You'll keep getting. Stressed out about that for something that, yeah, I mean, like, why you prepare? Like, what if this project does go well? Which is gonna go well nine out of ten times. And if it goes well, things are gonna be okay and people are gonna, you know, um give praises to you, right? Or, you know, for example, you know, if I keep my bag in my hotel room when I'm out, my money in the bag will get stolen, right? You know, it's it's helpful sometimes to obviously, you know prepare yourself and put it you know put your i don't know money like take your money with you or put the bag in a locker or something like that but you know what if everything's okay you know what if no one's gonna enter your hotel room you can just go out and just be free when you're traveling right um the, the third thing is you know if i don't hire this person correctly i will be um replaced you know and yeah i mean like Again, th- these are things where it's like, what if you do hire this person correctly, you know? You're going to get all of the amazing, um, you know, rewards of, of being in a job, right? Now, pause for a second, okay? Think about all of these worst-case scenario thinking that you've done, right? Let go of all the, negative, all the negativity for a few seconds while I ask you this question. Um, it's a very famous question. It's called the miracle question. What if everything you wanted went as planned? What if you got what you wanted? What would that look like? How do you feel? Right? And while you're kind of thinking about that, right? You you can even pause the episode for a bit and like write this down, right? Just imagine, the like just, just observe yourself as a third person and understand how you feel like, you know, what emotions are you going through? Do you feel lighter? Do you feel better? Right. And the the funny thing is that this question that I've asked, right, there's a 50% chance, you know, often in case in certain things, there's a 90% chance of this is what's going to happen. And the 10% isn't going to happen. Right. Now imagine all of these emotions and all of these, these possibilities and all of this, Good vibes are going away when you're preparing yourself for the worst case scenario right and that's the thing that I want you to remember right that sometimes it's helpful, and you know which are the scenarios where it's helpful, but like in most cases, just try to kind of think about this miracle question and like try to think towards the best case scenario and and this can be helpful towards eventually building out your affirmations as well right let's say for example, you know if I don't do this project well, I'll get fired. Right. Um, you know, so let's say you have a project review meeting with your manager, and, um, and for whatever reason you, you really stressed start because you don't know if you've done a good job or a bad job. Right. Um, and you're, and you're just fearing getting fired or getting all of this negative feedback. Think about this question just a couple of minutes before the call and like, calm yourself down. Like, and through that, build your affirmations. Uh, affirmations are something that can be hugely helpful when you're doing your important meetings and kind of keeping your mindset really, really solid. Um, these are kind of like, the reason why I'm sharing these three distortions and these three things uh, was just that when I kind of reframe my thoughts on all these things, um, it just made... It' a lot easier to kind of keep my mind right in my positions, in my work, in my personal life, and can continue to perform? You know how you know through whatever is my best measure, right? And not be feared about you know something happening, or you know uh, comparing myself to some other person and feeling like absolutely crap, or you know just labeling myself, right? Um, and I'd, I'd advise you to do that. There, there are a couple more distortions and there might be distortions that are not even documented that you might find about yourself. Um, as a starting point, there are a couple of things you can do for yourself to find these distortions. You can either think about these three things and just introspect and, and like find your own uh, perspective on it. The second thing is there's, there's a very good book uh, called Feeling Good by David Burns. I've mentioned this in a previous podcast episode about remote work loneliness, which you can check out. But, you know, he has, David Burns has talked about, um, you know, these cognitive distortions at, at a, in a lot of depth and a very, very helpful way. So I'd recommend you check it out. Um, and I guess, you know, if you're in a leadership position, if you don't have a lot of time, um, the best way to do this first of all is take out the time, but um the second thing is to get a therapist. And I can I can tell you this so much that you know getting a therapist is like the ROI is just crazy high, right? I have like, you know, a session with my therapist once a month, you know, for many, many months, right? And I've been, I've been having that for a while. It's it's almost like a regular um checkup just to kind of discuss. These things, you know, like these distortions that pop up in my head, and how I can reframe that, because then it really allows me to kind of work at my uh, at my level headed best, right? Uh, so I'll leave you that. I hope you enjoyed this uh, this podcast episode. I hope this was helpful. Uh, and if you've got any thoughts on this, uh, just tweet to me at the mad bandari. So T-H-E-M-A-D-B-H-A-N-D-A-R-I Um, or you can also email me at madhav at remote marketing.org. Um, but yeah, have a wonderful day. Um, and I hope, you know, you hope you have a level headed week as well. Take care.